Hey everyone, it's Ask. I'm Jamie. Let's go. Welcome once again, Ask, where uh, you ask questions, I answer them. It's that simple, easy. Just go to our website, cornerstonebv.org. Uh, you can go to our media page, drop down, uh, hit Ask, ask a question. Leave your name, don't leave your name. We don't care. We want your questions because whether it's about Bible, life, faith, or just anything, right, um, that you think would be something that I might have something to say about uh, and, and ask it and we'll get, see it on an upcoming episode. We definitely need your questions, so let's do that, okay? All right, this first question um, is interesting. Uh, does Proverbs 26:13 imply that this is a completely made-up excuse or would it still be the same if there might really be a line in the streets and the person was being too worrisome or not trusting God with small risks? Okay, if you do ask a question, shorten it. Love you. All right, the sluggard, this is the, the verse you're asking. It's a great question. Um, it just says, the sluggard says, so the lazy sluggard says, there is a line in the road. There is a line in the streets. Okay, so it's a weird proverb, like, what, 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 right? Like, and then like the, your first read, you're like, well, if there's a line in the road, it makes some sense to not go out there and do whatever you wanna do. But this is implying that there is no lion in the streets. What the slugger does is make up these wild potential scenarios to keep from doing what he wants to do, right? There's very unlikely there's gonna be a lion in the streets, okay? It's possible, it could happen, but, you're not gonna not do certain things because of wild scenarios that maybe remotely could happen. But that's what lazy people do. They come up with all kinds of excuses. And so that's all that proverb is saying is, is don't be lazy, don't come up with excuses, do your job, okay? All right, second, here goes. I've read several articles about the sexuality of several figures in the Bible, I understand, and acknowledge that any article can be published, whether factual or fiction. Can you explain the sexuality of David, specifically the love between David and Jonathan? Okay, I love this question. I've seen this before, and it actually drives me crazy. Um, any article claiming sexuality of apostles of Jesus or David, like, claiming you know something, inferring from a text where it doesn't say it, is completely out of bounds, right? But people do it anyway. For some reason, they really want to turn clear heterosexual men in the Bible into homosexuals or bisexuals. Um, and one of the biggest uh, cases that they'll do this with is David and Jonathan. You read verses where they ex express great love for each other, great friendship. But David and Jonathan are clearly heterosexual. I mean, David, like, they both have kids and wives. David is several, right? And his whole situation with Bathsheba was kind of an issue, right? And she was a beautiful woman, all right? So the Bible's clear about, without saying it, because it's really not supposed to be a big deal. I mean, they're men and they, you know, have sex with their wives. Um, but people want to take the friendship that David had with Jonathan and put more into it. This comes from a sexually crazed culture. If you love someone, there has to be a sexual involvement, and it's ridiculous, right? And, and, and I think, here's why it drives me crazy. It's not really the agenda as much. You could come to expect that. It's that this idea that somebody, especially a man, can't have a friend like that. And, and I think it's a big problem. Um, it probably goes in other cultures and certainly way back in time, but I just deal with our culture. I think it's a big problem, especially amongst men, having friends 
who they would say, I love him, not sexually, not like I want to marry him. I have a phileo, which is a brotherly love for my friend, a person I don't just, you know, you know, pound them on the, 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 the arm and say, how are you doing, man? But someone who I actually have deep conversations with, actually share a vulnerable part of my life with, like we are missing that. God wants us to have those deep friendships. Um, it feels like women are better at it. I don't know, I'm not one, but it seems like they're a little bit better at it because it's more accepted. But I think guys, especially in the church, we have to get over that, get over ourselves. And let me just say this, if you're married, um, they allow your husband to have friends. When he marries you, he's not your, you're not his only friend. He needs other men in his life. That means you're gonna have to let him sacrifice some time. It will pay dividends for you and your kids if you have them, to let him have a friend and not be like, well, you're gonna leave us tonight, whatever. Let him have those relationships. And men, you need to pursue those, okay? So the, the, the idea that David had a great personal friend was not sexual at all. It was a deep, close friendship that we should all want to have that he and Jonathan had, okay? All right, good. Last, uh, quick, not a lot of time, but um, what's the best way to approach reading the Old Testament? Um, well, I, I personally just do it in order. I don't do that with the New Testament, um, but for whatever reason, that's kind of how I approach the Old Testament. I go from Genesis right on uh, through the end. Um, but uh, there's reading plans out there that'll help you kind of mix and, mix and match and uh, mash, mix and match uh, with the New Testament, with some Psalms that might keep you going and not get stuck in a place like Numbers or, or um, you know, a place like uh, Isaiah, one of these longer prophets that can get kind of crazy. Job, right in the middle of Job, you're like, what are we doing here, you know? Um, but uh, if you don't want to do that a reading plan, one of the things you could do is kind of alternate. Read like one of the narratives that tend to be more interesting, First Kings, and then read one of the prophets, and then read Second Kings, and you know, develop your own plan where you're not in the prophets for literally, you know, three months, which ends up happening to me, and that can be kind of hard. So uh, those are some tips on approaching reading the Old Testament. Hopefully they help. Okay, make sure you ask your questions. Hopefully we'll see you this weekend. God bless. Be good.